Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I'd like to welcome you. And I really just believe and trust that the Lord is going to do something here in our midst today. I really am very expectant and excited. And I hope that you are too. There was a time in Genesis 28 when Jacob had run away from his family. He'd been a sneaky, conniving little skunk. And he tricked his brother out of his birthright and his blessing. He'd taken all the things that his brother should have got. And his brother was livid and wanted to kill him. And so his dad and his mom said, go on, get out of here. You better run. And so Jacob leaves the family home and the everything that was part of their family and he just goes off on his own to a place far away to where there's some relatives who he's never met before to try and find a wife but he's all alone he's in the middle of the desert Genesis 28 says he came to a certain place it was just anywhere it was just a place in the desert and he put a rock on the ground and he lay down and put his head on the rock to sleep that's how kind of alone and nowhere he was and God met him that night God appeared to him in a dream he saw heaven open he saw angels coming down and up and down from heaven down to him God spoke to him blessings promises affirmation identity purpose and it changed Jacob's life he woke up the next morning he said God is in this place and I didn't even realize How awesome is this place, he says. And he makes vows to God. He promises to serve God from then onwards. And his life takes a different course. We are talking today in our purpose course. We've talked about what has God given me. It's like the guy standing on the side of the road with his suitcases next to him in our our image for this course. What has God given me? How has God made me? Who am I? We looked at the big picture of what is God doing in the world. But now there's me stood on the side of the road. And the question today is, where has God placed me? And you might be saying, how on earth is this big idea of God's purpose ever going to come to pass? You don't realize, Greg, what's happened to me to get me to this place. I've sinned. I've cheated. I've done this and this. Or others have sinned or cheated me. Or various things have happened. I've made mistakes. I'm in a marriage I shouldn't have got into. I'm in a place, a job or whatever that I shouldn't have been in. How on earth is God's purpose? You talk big language about purpose, but little old me in this little old place How is anything possible? And I want to say to you today that you are a great candidate for meeting with God like Jacob did. God said, this place is going to be called Bethel, the house of God, because God is here. You are the house of God, my friend. (laughs) He doesn't dwell in buildings anymore. He dwells in people. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you did or what happened to you to get you to here. From here on, if you dedicate your life to God, you are the house of God and His purposes come to pass in your life from this point onwards, wherever you are in the world. I was stuck in a little town in Zimbabwe. A whole lot of things had gone wrong and I hated the place. And I didn't want to be there and I thought, how did, I, how did my life end up here in this? And God spoke to me 
And he said, I'm going to make you fruitful in the land of your suffering. And suddenly the place changed. I saw it as a different, a beautiful place. When I saw it, I'd seen it before as a dry and, and, and sad place. Suddenly it was a place of opportunity. And God birthed a church there that grew huge. Many other churches were planted. People were helped. When that city went through terrible times, the electricity stopped, the water stopped, the hospital shut, the school shut for a year, that city ground to a halt. The church that God birthed out of that dry place was the, the business hub, the school, the hospital, the place where people came for electricity and water. It was the place of life in that city out of a place of my dryness and deadness. Why? Not because of me. Because God can take a place and say, this is where I've placed you. And, the, and from here, wherever you are, from here, God says, I can turn it for good. All things can work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. If I come to him and say, God, I want to be in your purpose, no matter all the bad things that have happened, he says, I'm going to start working it all for good. And it suddenly becomes a launching pad for the next level in your life. Isn't that awesome? God is awesome. So we're looking at our acronyms. In this course, we've been looking at letters of, of words. Uh, amazing how the words just have the right letters. I don't know how that all happened, but M-A-D-E-G-I-V-E-N. Now today we're P-L-A-C-E-D. Lots of letters, but it's not actually a big complicated talk. P stands for people, the people in your life. So we're saying, where am I? Where has God placed me to take me forward with my purpose? P is people. L is location. A is able. What am I able to do? C and E are circumstances and events. What is happening around me? And D is deficiencies. Those things that we see as weaknesses or bad points in the place we are. How can God use those for good? So let's start with P. People. You know, just before I go into that, let me, let me just say that the, the purpose that God has put in you, this gifting and this calling that God has put in you, gets expressed differently in different contexts <coughs> that you are. And so a mum with little children has to use her creativity, her communication skills, her caring skills, her organization skills to bring up a little baby and stop it wrecking itself and wrecking the house. If she wasn't bringing up that baby, she could be leading a massive company doing a great ministry, or being president. But the context that she's in means that the gifts and the purposes in her get expressed in that context. Have you ever seen Mr. Bean? He's this bumbling idiot who can't even talk. Boom. I mean, that's all he can say. He just can't even express himself. He just bumbles around. You see the same actor as Blackadder... And he's this witty, eloquent, verbal, clever guy who just has an answer for everything. Same guy, different concept, text, and his gifts are expressed differently. And that same actor was in an airplane in Kenya in 2001, and the pilot passed out, and he had to fly the plane. Same skills, same whatever God's put in him, but in a different context, it needs to get expressed in a different way. The place where you're in determines something of how you express the purpose that God's put in you. So, people, did you know that your purpose, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some toes, I'm going to maybe break your toes, but praise the Lord, God can heal toes. So, people, did you know that your purpose is never just your purpose? God never 
calls any Christian to do anything alone. Isn't that interesting? You see, we live in a very individualistic time and culture which says, me, my, it's all about me, my needs, what are, how important am I? And God says, I put you in a body. All of the gifts that we've looked at so far in the course are in the context of a body. That means you may be a hand, and it's a wonderful that you're a hand, but a hand on its own is nothing. It's pointless, it's meaningless, it's useless. Unless that hand is joined to other people who are other body parts, you're working together, you love each other, you're working in love, the Bible says, then you build yourself up in, in, in love. That's, that's how the body works. You get put together with other people. And my challenge to you and to me today is what are the people in the place you're in right now that you are joined to, to achieve God's purpose? You might say, oh, there's no good churches. Or look at all the problems in this church. Or, oh, I've had enough of church. I've tried church. It doesn't work. I want to say that you... God can use you to be the answer to many of those problems. He wants us in churches. Never, ever does God work with a person alone. He puts us in groups. He puts us in families. The church is described in the book of Ephesians as a place where different races, different types of people come together as one new man, a new race. We're told that we're no longer strangers or foreigners, but members of God's family or His household. We're told that we're built together into a place where God's Spirit dwells and that God's glory lives in the church. And then in Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 16, it gives a description of different ministry leaders called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, who equip the normal Christians that the Bible calls the saints. They equip the saints to do the work of ministry so that we're all built up and edified. The leaders don't do the ministry, they equip everybody else to do the ministry. It says that when this happens, we become unified, mature, stable, strong. We're not thrown off track by false teaching. And then verse 16 of Ephesians 4 says, Then the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. There may be people who are watching this in other parts of the world. And you may be alone. You may be a Christian in a community where there are no churches. And I want to tell you that God wants to put you together with other people to form little communities that are churches. And a church doesn't have to be a big building with a steeple and a man wearing a dog collar. A church is a little group of people who love each other, who love God, and who are committed to what God is doing in that place. And then God does amazing things. That's the church. God has said, I'm going to use the church to achieve my goals. You know, we sometimes think that the church is like the toolbox and that in that toolbox, God uses all different types of tools to achieve His goods. And the church is like the container that contains all the things that God is going to use. That's not true. The church is the only tool. There isn't a toolbox. There aren't other tools. The church is God's method that He has chosen to reach the world. He doesn't have any other way. 
Every single thing in the Bible, he does through a church. You say, oh no, I don't want to start a church. I want to start a ministry. I want to start a ministry that does this and this and this. Friend, you can, and God might use you, but his plan is always through a church, not a ministry. Not a this or a that or an idea or an organization or a clever this. It's the church is his plan. And it's because he puts different people from different backgrounds together, young and old, different races, different types, and he joins them together. They worship, they love each other, they love God, and he pours his spirit and his blessing and his protection and his power into the church. And the church becomes a thing. That against all odds and against all expectations, the church becomes God's vessel that he uses to do whatever he's going to do. I've seen many people who say, well, let's try this idea. Let's get a few people. We'll choose guys and we'll do this ministry. And you know what? Because the covering and the presence of God and the blessing of God isn't there like it is on the church, they struggle. They battle. They don't have the support. They, don't, they get attacked by the devil. They don't have enough resources. They battle because it's supposed to be churches doing these things. You might say, well, I, I just can't start a church. I believe you probably can. You know, people say to me, Greg, why are you saying people must start more churches? Don't you want everyone just to be in your church? God's plan is for lots of churches, more churches, hundreds of churches. And so if anyone wants to start a church, we will say, yes, let's help you do it. Because that's God's plan. All right, so that's people. L is location. Where you are is significant. You might think, I wish I was in New York where there's brother so-and-so who preaches so wonderfully and all that. But God has put you where you are for a special reason. And your location has certain things about it that God wants to use and he wants to do. Um, I, really, I really encourage you to think about where you are. Just think, wh what is it about this place? How can I use what God has put in me to bless this place? There may be certain distinctive things about your location, and God wants to bless it. So what I encourage you to do is to pray and just say, Lord, let me dream, let me think about this place. How could it be? What should it be? What do you want to do in this place? What, what Different ideas. What, what things are you trying to birth in this place that you put me in? This job, this geographical area. And let the Lord just birth ideas in you. Amen? Amen. Right. A stands for Abel. There is a story in Exodus chapter 3 and 4 where God comes to Moses and he says to Moses, Moses, I'm calling you to go and set my people free from Egypt. And Moses says, oh, I, I can't do this. What if, what if they don't listen to me? I, I'm not able. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. And you know what God says to him? He says to him, and let me just read you the words. Exodus chapter 4, I believe it's verse 2. He says, what is that in your hand? And Moses has just come in from looking after the sheep in the desert. So he's got his stick in his hand. It's a bit like a, 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 an accountant coming home from work. God says, what is that in your hand? He says, my laptop computer or my calculator or whatever it is. What's that in your hand? What, it, what is it that you have with you that you can do right now? And, God's, and Moses says, oh, this is just a stick. And God turned that stick into something powerful. That stick 
was what Moses went into Pharaoh. He threw it down. It became a snake. He picked it up again and, and Pharaoh was impressed. Then Moses struck the Nile and it was turned to blood. Then Moses goes to the Red Sea. He stretches out that stick. Remember, it's just the little stick, the little thing that was just a normal part of his everyday life. And the Red Sea parts. Then he gets to the other side and they need water and he hits the, the stone with that stick and water comes out and, and waters all the people. And then they're fighting the Amalekites and Moses holds the stick up and as long as he's holding the stick up, they win the war and whenever the stick comes down, they start losing and so men come and help him hold the stick up and, and, he, and they win the war. And the stick again and again, right at the end of the 40 years, there's a rebellion in the tribe and they say, why should Moses lead us? God says, put your sticks in my presence and God makes Moses' stick blossom and bud with fruit and leaves out of a little stick. Friends, what is it that you have in your hand right now? You say, oh, look at all the things I'm unable to do. Yes, but what are you able to do right now? What's that thing in your hand? You say, this little business, this little talent, I can cut hair, I can do this, I can talk to this little thing, this little, surely not. It actually says at the end of Exodus, it says, then Moses took his wife and his sons, Exodus 4 verse 20, and he returned to the land of Egypt and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. <laughs> God turned his little old shepherd stick that he probably just picked up off the floor. You know, let me just, what shall I use to shepherd? I'll use the stick. It becomes the rod of God. Isn't that amazing? So that's what you're able to do. C and E stands for circumstances and events. Um, 1 Chronicles 12 verse 32 talks about the sons of Issachar who were a tribe in, in Israel, they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. These were people who saw events, circumstances, current things changing, something's happening in, in Ukraine, and there's this problem, and there's this going on, and they understood the times, and they said, how can we use what's happening right now to express God's purpose and what God has put in us? You know, for too long, the church has been stuck in a rut. Isn't that right? People go into a church that was built 300 years ago. They're singing songs that were written 400 years ago. The minister's dressed from 500 years ago. <laughs> and the church says, we're relevant. We've got to be up to date. We've got to be with what's going on. Not changing our message. Amen. We don't change the truth. What we're presenting is still the same, but the way we present it. We've got to learn how to respond to what's going on around us. And... God wants people who can be aware of what's going on say, wow, why don't we do that? You know, we got given an opportunity recently to put an advert on the back of a bus in Jersey. And we've taken it. We're going to do it. And we're going to put a, a, a message on the back of the bus that says, have you been asking God for a sign? This is it. Come back to church. <laughs> and that's it. What? But a church using bus advertising? How worldly. No, no. We've got to take the opportunities as they come. We've got to be ready for whatever's going on. Isn't that right? And then deficiencies. We can look at what's bad about the situation we're in. And we can let it get us down. Or we can say, God, with you, 
all things are possible. Do you remember David? He's been tending the sheep out in the field and he goes to the front line where his brothers, his six brothers are fighting with the armies of Israel and King Saul against the Philistines. And there's this massive, gruesome, hairy giant called Goliath. And he's just insulting the Israelites and insulting God. And everyone in the Israelite camp is quivering with fear and they're just shrinking into themselves. And David says, what's going on? And his brothers just verbally beat him down. They say, "Who? what do you want, you stupid little squirt? Because David was the youngest of them. He was, he was the runt of the family. And he could have said, this is a terrible situation. I've been excluded from my family. I've been left to look after the sheep. I've come here. My brothers have been horrible to me. Israel's under attack. Goliath's being horrible. Oh, woe is me. Deficiencies all over the place. But that event was the launching pad that made David king of Israel. He had been anointed previously by God, but nobody knew him. He was a shepherd in the fields. How is the nation going to get to know David, the future king? How will they know? Because he took the deficiencies that he saw, the challenges, the oppositions, the problems, and he said, this is going to be the opportunity to take me to where God wants me to be. Friends, the deficiencies in the world around you often are the opportunities that God has given you to display his glory. And the fact that you see them as deficiencies, the fact that you say, man, there should be some care for the poor or some this or some that, or why isn't anybody doing anything about this injustice or this? The fact that you see the deficiency is a good sign that God has put in you a calling to fix it. Amen? So what I'd like us to do is pray. If you wouldn't mind standing. Perhaps we could have some... Music, Bronnie. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Friends, I'd like you to imagine yourself, just like Jacob, on the side of nowhere with a stone for a pillow, and he's saying, what is this place? This is nothing. This is nowhere. I've messed up. How did I get you? How on earth is God's purpose ever going to be performed in my life? And then I want you to remember the words of Romans 8, 28, that says all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God, I want to put myself in your purpose today, God. I want to take this place where I am right now and myself, and all the things you've put in me up until today. And Lord, I want to put them in your hands. God, I want to be part of your purpose. God, I want to, I want to change course today. Mentally, emotionally, and maybe even practically in my actions. I want to change course. I want to start following your road from this day. And I don't mean just being a Christian. I mean actually actively pursuing God's purposes for my life right here and now in this place. I'm going to ask you, friends, just to search your own heart and just say, have I been doing things on my own? Or have I joined myself with people who are going to do God's purposes together? Who am I joined to? What body am I part of?
And am I, am I working and functioning in that body? Am I doing what I need to be doing in that body? You might have been floating around from body to body and today is the day God says, just pick one. There's no perfect one, just pick one and get stuck in or start one. But please get in a church, get in a body. Might be the place you're in, you say, oh, I hate this place. Just say, God, give me a love for where you've put me. If you want me to move, tell me, but if not, I'm going to just love and serve in this place where I'm planted. What am I able to do, Lord? The tiniest thing, the biggest thing, how can I use what you've given me right now to start doing something? And what are those deficiencies, those things that I've been whinging about and, and sad about that actually can be a launching pad for something great for you to do? God, I want to be in your purposes. Lord, I want to jump into the river, not just dabble. I want to jump into the river of your purpose, Lord. I want you to use me, all the things you've put in me, all the gifts, all the abilities, all the experiences, good and bad, everything that is me, God, I pray you would use me for your purposes from today onwards, Lord. I give you my heart. I give you my life. God was here and I never even realized it. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, I just feel led to challenge us, ask you to make a commitment today. We've spoken about many things in this course. We've spoken about being filled with the Holy Spirit, having hands laid on us, words of prophecy spoken over us. We've spoken about giving our lives to the Lord, giving ourselves to God's purpose. And then today, just a shift of mindset. And I just feel like we need to ask you to come to the front if any of those require a response from you, if you feel you need to either give your life to the Lord or you want someone to lay hands on you and pray for you to be filled with the Spirit, or if you feel you need to say, today is the day I want to now commit myself in this time and this place to God's purpose and I want to change and shift my, my thinking. If that's you, I would like to pray for you. So Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence with us. And I pray, Lord, and I thank you that you're with us from here on, that you were here even if we didn't realize it, and that all things are working together for good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.